Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the wisest counsel and most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And right now, before you begin complaining about the current education, what specifically would you do to make it better, huh? Stumped, I bet. Well, our guest expert, Ms. Laura Darty, President CEO of the Baltimore Curriculum Project, has the right answers at her fingertips because in a good entrepreneurial fashion, she has scrutinized all the innovative techniques and carefully collected, and she tailors the best ones that truly, truly work. And then she makes the pudding prove itself by employing these in some of the toughest, most dysfunctional schools and and the result, it, it's fabulous. Laura and her team transformed the schools into beloved temples of learnings with students into eager achievers. Uh, it, I'm, I'm amazed. Uh, anyway, it, what are her tools and how does she do it? And how can she, how can she and we make education work in COVID times? And what about transitioning into post-COVID? Well, pay attention, class, because you are about to get a fascinating and fun education. So whether you've got whether you have children, whether you teach children, or you're simply hoping for a more brilliant future, lend a learning ear to the art of the CEO's feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined, to make your career thrive and your adventures flourish. Laura, I'm so glad that you could break free from the Baltimore Curriculum's uh, project schools and uh, all your transformings uh, to join us today. Well, thank you, Bart. It's wonderful to be here, and you have picked a particularly auspicious day because today was the first day that some of our students returned to uh, our school. So we had some kindergartners through second graders returning, and um, it was a thrill. Oh, my gosh, to see these children returning to classrooms was um, a a real joy to behold. So um, I am in a particularly good mood today. I bet the kids have never come so fast to school in their lives. Oh, God, it must be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a first oh. day of school. We had little kids, and they'd never been in the building before, and so it was. Um, we had a, oh not very God. many tears, mostly excitement, but um, you know, we we calmed the parents down, and and off they went. <laughs> <laughs> more, more tears, more tears from the parents. I got right, right. They're probably thrilled. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, well, this is a special day also. I mean, his good old history buff like myself. This is also the Ides of March. That was the day that mm-hmm. uh, Caesar was stabbed in the Forum and the esophagus and belly and so forth. But anyway, uh, so happy Ides of March. And uh, I think it's a wonderful thing that the kids are coming back to learn. It's, it's, it, is, it, it must be amazing for the kids who've never been into school before. Um, I and is you of course you you're used to such big sort of major shifts i actually before we get into the curriculum Baltimore curriculum project and i i just i'm going to ask you to share a story with us right after you got married and you said i do and instead of 
trotting off on the traditional Irish honeymoon, you and your groom hop on a plane, jet to a ranch in Kenya to found a city for at-risk children. What what were you doing with with all of that? Well, we were we were um, having the time of our lives. Frankly, these were young <laughs> middle school boys from Baltimore whose families said, "You know uh, what." Uh, it was a brand-new idea from a, 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 the ABLE Foundation here in Baltimore to uh, give uh-huh. an international boarding school experience to kids from um, neighborhoods that wouldn't normally have this chance. And so we took a, a group mm. of seventh graders um, to Kenya oh and, um, and taught them for a year. So oh it, was, it was a real thrill. It was the hardest I've ever worked in my life because it, you, you're, you're, you're really on um, 24 hours a day. So it's... Um, it, it, it was a thrill. Boy, we had some good times, and we worked really hard. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I have been to, Ke- mm-hmm. to Kenya and climbed all around, and it must, it must have been. The the culture shock is, is I, I can't even imagine it. I, it. It must have been fabulous. And, and you, uh, my kudos to you and, and um, your husband for taking taking that it's it's uh well you really are a groundbreaking educator and uh now as president and ceo of the baltimore curriculum project um you really have a you're you're taking all your sense of adventure as well as your as your knowledge and bringing that together could you give us just a sort of a, a thumbnail sketch of the bcp what kind of goals are you trying to obtain and what kind of schools are you working with yeah, well, our our goals are pretty pretty simple. They're they're not simple to enact, but the the goals themselves are pretty simple. And for 25 years now, we've advocated for equitable, sustainable, and replicable uh, educational practices that improve student outcomes. And that's really what it's all about. And uh, we started um, 25 years ago just helping out a number of schools with implementing a particularly effective reading program. And now we are about to start operating our sixth conversion charter school. Whoa, so we'll be serving that's yeah, wonderful. we'll be serving about 3000 students when that's when that gets going this summer. Oh my gosh, that's that's wonderful. And and it's it is better tools and uh, oh and a whole lot of other things actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that, but before we get into some of the tools, I'm just curious. You come in you're picking some of the inner city schools which are where that have a whole lot of challenge facing them, and mm-hmm. uh, you're trying to turn these around and to, to get eager learners out of this. When you come into schools, when you come into one of these new schools, like, you, like the one you've just started, and you undertake to, to make this improvement, what are the main things, what are a couple of the main, I don't use failing, the things, lacks that they have? What what are they missing that, uh-huh. most often that you that you see? Well, they, what, what, what we found time and time again are often um, new teachers are get put into situations uh, for which they're not prepared, and no, nobody gets into yeah. teaching to, to 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 not do a good job or to have days that are more stressful sure. than joyful. But you have um, teachers coming out of of uh, their their teacher preparation programs who haven't really learned how to do the job, and uh, you know if you. A typical student teaching experience puts a, um, a, a prospective teacher in a classroom that's already functioning well, and then the, uh-huh. the, 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 they're supposed to kind of maintain that, which is much easier to do than establishing 
norms in a classroom and how do we set up, how do we structure the classroom to teach expectations and make kids successful and get the kids motivated and then how do we deal with problems when they arise. So, so you get teachers in and it's kind of a sink or swim situation and a lot of people think and then, and, um, so we are here to give support and training and coaching so that um, everybody can be successful. Well, now it just makes me wonder, uh, and if uh, is are you viewing this as a uh, a lack that the uh, teachers are are uh, the new teachers are experiencing in their training? Is there a void, or is it something for which? they couldn't be prepared no matter how they were trained. Well, it, there's a little of both. There are there are some teacher preparation yeah. programs that um, are better. I'll give you one example, one called Urban Teachers, where their um, prospective teachers start in a classroom on day one. So they are there when the teacher is establishing norms and teaching expectations and, and getting into routine. So those people come away much better with a much better sense of what it takes to get a classroom up and running, and they're there oh, more and longer. So, so it's more of a yeah. like, almost like an apprenticeship where they have they really have a lot mm-hmm. more time. So, so there's a real difference in in preparation programs around the country, and um, it, you know. But that being said, one even if someone is pretty well prepared, they're still going to need support. They're still going to need someone coming into the room, um, watching them teach, and lending them their own. Um, a proven expertise on how to how to get where get sure, what the kind sure. of behaviors and performance they want. And of course, every every culture is different. I mean, every school is different. Every class is different. And if you have somebody who's been in the school, it will certainly who 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 has all of that under their belt already. It, it's going to make a difference. I'm I'm sure. And um, well, now uh, you also one of the things that I know at, at BCP you you take uh, I guess. A communal pro- approach. That is, you you involve not only the faculty, as you've been talking, but the administration and the parents, and even and even the entire community. Uh, how does that all work? How do you get them all in, in there? Well, it, like I said, although our goals are simple, actually enacting something um, and making improvement in a school is incredibly complex. And so that you you really have to have an entire community working towards the same um, um, goals in order to to make anything change. So we we know that a school needs a really good principal, uh, but they can't do it alone. So you you have to have a good right. school leader with, who has some vision and determination to to carry this thing through. But we also know that um, you get a lot better results if you do things with people and not to people. So uh, just telling everybody what well they need to do to 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 make it happen isn't good enough. If you 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 really need to people to agree on the goals that they're undertaking. Um, you want to have school-wide expectations and and community standards that everybody um, thinks are are the right ones. Hmm. And and then you have to agree on how we're going to get there. How are we going to enact these? Are you know where should every teacher be during a transition? Okay, how about in the hall? Where should every teacher be at this? And like, you really have to agree on the nuts and bolts and the nitty-gritty so that when things go wrong, it's easier to hold people accountable. So folks who participate in the, um, the, the planning and the enacting of like a school-wide discipline plan or a school-wide community standard plan, they're a lot more likely to uh, take some initiative in carrying it out than if they're just told. Uh, it's pretty easy to poke holes in things that you have no um, part in, in developing. 
Right. So we, we involve well, everybody, including the parents. That's that's wonderful. Is uh, ladies and gentlemen, Laura has just given us uh, a timeless truth of business and ventures that uh, you get a lot more out of it than if you work for a consensus and an understanding than if you just hurl dicta from Mount Olympus uh, Uh like some god. And I think that this, I'd like you all right now to jot that down, to dip your pens in the inkwell and jot that down across your page because it is something that holds true now and will hold true for a long time to come. If you've just joined us, by the way, you're listening to The Art of the CEO Radio Show, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time streams magically across the COVID-crammed avenues of cyberspace where you may listen and download all our episodes by visiting theartoftheceo.com. We're on several radio stations, but uh, to hear all our episodes, visit theartoftheceo.com. Now, Laura, a large part of your success is that you uh, – you, you really scour the educational landscape, and you bring the most ineffective, uh, most effective uh, teaching tools in. Could you just tell us, uh, just give us one or two that were real game changers uh, within the schools that you've seen as you custom tell them? Well, I would say the two biggest game trade changers are um, something called direct instruction. We used direct instruction, reading mastery, reading and, and language arts program uh, that's been around for over 50 years. It has been field tested like you can't believe. It's they revise it every several years to meet with you know changing standards or changing um, you know demands on our kids, but it works and it's a it's it's a system and you can you can train people to use it you can support people in using it you can look at the data we look at data every week to make sure that our our, our students are moving along and it just works and in the time that I've been in Baltimore city uh, i can't i mean any baltimore city baltimore county rest of the state their reading programs have changed time and time and time and time again it's 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 fairly fad based and you use something for a couple of years and then somebody comes along and says yeah, hey this yeah. will work even better and it, the, none of it has the the uh, scientific basis that the direct instruction has and and it works so we've had one curriculum all of this time and we make it better and we we refine it and we may add a few things to it to make sure the kids are getting what they need but the core program the engine that drives the car absolutely works and right. then we can customize it as we wish so that's one of them. The that's other thing is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we teach all our kids I just to want to ask you one question. Is that the reading program, Laura? Is that the reading program in which the the, uh, the the letters are changed just a little bit as you put them down to make them a little more discernible? Is that that one? Yes, that not? that has been the case for the last fifty years. Now, this with this latest revision that's coming out this spring, instead of altering the letters. They 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 have a, a couple of other visual prompts that they're using instead, like a like different hmm. colors. Like you don't if a, oh, if a letter is blue, you don't say it. Whereas in the old version, it was if it was small, you didn't say it. But now, uh, to make it just easier for kids to transition um, from the modified sure. modified orthography, they've made they've adjusted it somewhat, and they've field tested it all last year to make sure that the kids that it worked, and it does. So the new version will look a little That's, bit different. How 
bloody clever and how bloody simple. <laughs> yes, yes. You were going to give us another one. What was the other one you were going to talk about? Oh, um, something called restorative practices, which uh, came out What's of that? the restorative justice movement of um, hmm. the idea that when that when harm is done to a person or to a community, um, it's better when um, those two parties can uh, the healing takes place better when those two parties can come together and um, and, and uh, either you know atone or restore some kind of relationship. So in a school, uh, every we, there, there's two parts to it. One is the community building piece. So every day our students and teachers have um, a circle where they it takes ten minutes. And there's a prompt, and you go around the circle, and everybody responds to the prompt. And they can be kind of deep, or they can be, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? It, you know, it, kind of depending oh, on yeah. where you are in your relationship, you may have lighter or heavier uh-huh. topics. And that builds uh-huh. community, and it builds relationships so that mm-hmm. when um, something does go wrong, because they always do, people are people, um, oh, yeah. you have a relationship that you want to restore. And then you have the um, uh, like a restorative circle where you talk about what happened, who was harmed, and how do we make it up to that person? So there's there's kind of there's two pieces to it. It works beautifully to make everybody feel like they're part of a community. And then when something goes wrong, a student isn't just punished. There's there, there's something more logical. Uh, consequences are definitely part of it, but along with it is like a deeper understanding of what did I actually do to this person? How how was this person harmed, and how can I make that up to them? So right. uh, that has had a tremendous impact on suspension rates and just the um, mm. kind of community Great. family feel to our classrooms. So between huh? direct instruction sure. and restorative practices. Mm-hmm. When you see somebody as a person, as an individual, mm-hmm. rather than a slot, classmate, teacher, administrator, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if 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 you just if you don't box them, but you you break that down and see them as an individual, I I, I can see where where that would be a very very beneficial thing. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, uh, Laura Doherty will continue to reveal to to us the carefully honed art of turning schools uh, into uh, tr- the learning centers they were designed to be, right after you and I take a brief sorbet from today's Feast of Wisdom as we offer you a few, well, utensils for today's feast. <laughs> and as the first utensil, allow me, as I always do, to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you search out and connect with allies who understand and can help you fulfill your dreams? Or will you continue to push away all those resources of your fellows in some sort of fruitless fantasy that it's better to go it all alone? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I said you're yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the, uh, in the words of my wife's husband, the source book of business humor. So I, mean, I am thumbing through this with immense alacrity. Here we are. Oh, here, this is good. This is uh, uh, right here in the, in, in the uh, Devil's Dictionary section. Children have been defined as the most expensive method ever spawned of fulfilling one's fantasies. <laughs> so, Laura, what do you think? Uh, can can you uh, raise and instruct children on a shoestring, or is, is money uh, still, a, uh, still a primary tool for creating education and happiness? 
Well, I think yeah, that that quote is a um, a luxury that some people are are um, lucky enough, I guess, to to indulge. But no, you don't you don't have to um, you don't have to have a lot of money. I, I I will say this: you have to have enough so that you're not stressed out about meeting their basic needs. I mean that 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 level of stress that a lot of our families feel can be debilitating. But if if a family has enough for food and housing and 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 uh, medical care and when when a family's basic needs are met, everybody can be happy. When when that is not met, then there's some stress. But yeah, I no. The, I think when when we had our first child or two, I have we have four children. Um, we kind of maybe mm-hmm. bought into that a little bit. But by the time number four came around, um, there were no more <laughs> fantasies being indulged. <laughs> Nothing, nothing's going to make you face reality like four children. I can tell you that. That's right. But it's, uh, <laughs> we were down to the well. You know, it's my after, my own afterthought to this quote is that it's it's. Uh, by the way, I would say uh, upper class cleats for the soccer, traveling soccer team are not basics. That's not what Laura was no. talking about here. But um, and as an afterthought, I I always feel it's very fine to plan, but to transform your child's days into a series of resume punches to seizing on your unfulfilled dreams, well, that sacrifices both the parent and child on the altar of the future. But what do I know? Uh, and if you smirked <laughs> a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. So just visit BarthBooks.com and pick up your copy of the 102 or the 101 uh, best business quips, or in the words of my wife's husband, whatever, and you can flood your soul and speech with a jovial wit that will have the, everyone at the office hanging on your every moment, or maybe. Uh, and as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the individual who said, it's amazing how much you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. Those words were first spoken by President Harry S. Truman. Then President Ronald Reagan stole the quote and took credit for it. <laughs> but that's just politicians. Mm-hmm. At any rate, stick with us, because later on in the show, Blurting Your Way, comes another enriching quotations. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind, soul, and career-igniting gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And Laura Doherty will continue uh, the way of education and uh, telling us how it should and could work, can work, right after I introduce to you the company by whose good graces we're here today. And that firm is... Prometheus Publishing, and this week, the folks at Prometheus, instead of telling you about one of their enlightening volumes, they would like to proudly announce their Prometheus, the uh, Social Enterprise Award nominations. Now, to those of you who've, who've just forgotten, Prometheus was the ancient Greek titan who defied the gods and brought humankind the gift of fire. And from that light onward, there was no going back. And the Prometheus Social Enterprise Awards recognize those exceptional individuals who, by their personal example and by their inventive enterprise, enrich and are transforming our world. And just to give you an example of the kind of uplifting torchbearers PSEA selects for its culture, Laura Doherty was a recipient last year of the Titan, the Prometheus Social Enterprise Award. So, so that gives you an idea of the high caliber and the shoes that you have to fill. But uh, if you think... <clears throat> 
that it's time that we hold up to light the real players in this whole world, the, the folks that are hammering out the forge to bring, a, bring us a better society and planet. Well, let us know. You may write your nomination for your candidate's name in, in a few, just, just, just put the, per, the candidate's name, contact, and just a couple of sentences telling about his work. We'll take it from there. Send it to info at bardsbooks.com, or you may visit the bardsbook.com website and uh, fill out the nomination form there. Anyway, this is your opportunity to help uplift and find the role models that you want to share with your friends and your children, a true education. So carpe diem, my friend, you are indeed worth it. And now, uh, utensils at hand, let's return to Laura as she guides us into affectional, uh, I'm sorry, effective educational planning in our mid and post coming, uh, post COVID uh, times. Now, Laura, so uh, we are now in, shall we say, educationally unique era, like the old Chinese curse. Uh, could you share with us just a couple of COVID? Uh, learning solutions has it proved particularly effective during this year of the plague that you've seen? Well, I think that the first um, the first piece of this is that COVID absolutely forced us to um, to close the digital divide. When all of our schools were working towards one-to-one device ratios, but they may not have been there yet, or they, if you know if, if classrooms have to share carts, then then uh, a device is not an integral part of a kid's day because they're there's something you use every now and then. And so when everybody was sent home, what the whole world found was that middle-class kids were okay because they had um, internet in their homes, they had computers they could mm-hmm. use. And a lot of our kids had none of that. And so it absolutely right, forced right. Um, this. Baltimore City did a great job. Um, our schools did a great job of just getting devices out to families. And not just, mm. you know, devices, but also hotspots so that people could have Internet. And, yeah, and yeah. It, so that was a really important um, thing that happened here is that y- you have to be uh, – computer literate to survive in this world period every form you have and, to fill and you're out saying online. we did that pretty well you're saying are, are you you're saying well that we did you know that we, we did we did oh, okay. we didn't in the spring hey, I'm in the spring we did not but baltimore city mm-hmm. and all of and our schools in particular did a good job and if you needed a device or a hotspot, you could get one and um uh, I, I, I give kudos to Baltimore City for that and to our schools in particular. So that had to happen, and it did. And um, uh, the other thing that has been interesting about this is that our kids, even our little kids, have have learned how to maneuver around um, their devices like nobody's business. I mean, they can produce work that is colorful <laughs> and pretty and, and like, attractive uh, visually, but then also, you know, has good content in it. So so there have been some real sure, strides yeah. in bridging the digital divide and getting kids tech-savvy. Um, and our curriculum is uh, mastery-based, so we know mm-hmm. uh, we don't move on until kids have learned. And so we, we know how they're doing uh, because they take frequent assessments and we repeat if we need to. Um, and the, one of the hits that has been taken is that the kids aren't going to make as much progress uh, in a year, yeah. uh, whereas typically okay. they might do a, 160 lessons. This year they're going to do 130 lessons. And his things just take right, longer. Right. It, it took all that time to get the kids up to speed. But... Um, I have to commend our teachers for just 
being as creative and entertaining and fun as they possibly could be to get the kids engaged, to get them um, clicking on this thing and that thing. That, that was some tedious stuff in the beginning, and um, maybe some nervous oh, breakdowns yeah. came. I don't know, but our teachers stuck with it. <laughs> the parents stuck with it. The kids stuck with it, and, and now they're all functioning pretty well. Well, I think I, I, I'm really glad to hear that, that uh, the success story from someone like yourself who actually monitors how it's all happening uh, and not just sort of shooting in the dark. And you, you see this, you monitor them, as you say, you assess all the time. But I, I just know that no business would dare hold online meetings with the length or intensity that is demanded of, of so many of our school children and the teachers mm-hmm. who are performing, and they are indeed performing. Uh, how do you fight the the, the, the Zoom zombie effect? <laughs> Well, if you think of a meeting where a bunch of people are on the screen staring at each other talking, that you can only do that for so long. But if you're taking right, – right. I've taken some professional development over the course of this that was online, and I could do it huh. because it was broken up. The pieces were discreet and interesting. I wasn't having to perform the whole time or talk the whole time. I was taking things in. Um, and so our, t- our teachers do the same thing. They they break up the lessons. They incorporate a lot of movement, you know, movement breaks, or they, you know, they do movement together. Um, and, and and they're engaging. Like the, the teachers for the little kids, I've seen costumes or tiaras or, you know, things <laughs> that, that entertain the kids and, and get some giggles. Right. And so... Um, anytime you, you you can get some giggles, you're going to get the kids engaged. So so it it really is a, a question of breaking it up, making it interesting, incorporating some movement, and and not doing one any one thing for too long. We put the kids the kids right. into breakout right. groups and have chats with each other. There's there's lots of ways to break it up so it's not the dreaded meeting where you're all just staring at each other and talking the whole time. Well, I hope all the CEOs listening to this uh, are taking, each of you CEOs is taking notes, and I expect to see many of you now in my next business meetings in costume uh, in playing co- the piano. So I, right, I, I, I'm looking forward to that. The the, uh, the dun, There's a few Dunscap CEOs that, well, anyway, let's not go there. Uh, so, mm-hmm. well, now just, uh, we are now in a, a a sort of a covid limbo that is we'd like we like to think we're coming out of the other side or we're still losing 1500 people a day dying in the US so mm-hmm. it, 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 this is far from behind us but what should students and parents together be doing to work through this this session right now this this sort of mid uh this uh Semi open, the semi open school, and or the closed down, whatever whatever their school system is is affording them. What do you think the, the students and uh, parents should be doing uh, that's going to help them get through this, both uh, scholastically but emotionally, working through these times? Well, I think uh, continuing to show up is the is is the first step yeah. so that the kids mm. still feel connected to their classmates, still feel connected to their teachers. If if they stop coming, um, then you start to feel alienated and just apart. So um, continuing sure, to sure. log in and try is, is, is the first thing. Um, if you have trouble, if your kid's having trouble getting online or they keep getting um, kicked off or um, – 
reach out, talk talk to the teacher, talk to the school, and and help get them involved in problem solving. Um, if your kid is mm, is, is mm, not attending or, or like just kind of zoning yeah. out, um, uh, reach out to the school. They'll have some ideas on how to help with motivation and. Um, uh, you don't have to go it alone. Most of, I mean, the teachers in this time have have just given and given of themselves and their talents uh, mm. because they want their they they feel this, they didn't get into this to sit in front of a screen either. They they love their kids and they really yeah. want uh, them all yeah. to be successful. Sure. So reach out. Oh, great idea. Well, the other thing that, that, that strikes me in in all of this is that. Uh, there is a great tendency to say, well, we're going to homeschool the child, just, you know, not fuss with it. I would think, and, and I, I haven't, uh, with with having no expertise at all in, in much of anything, and certainly not education, um, I would think, however, the one of the most important things is the socialization. And here we are, in a, and we've we're killing, we're, we're cutting out so much of the socialization. It really... Uh, so I'm going to ask you: Is homeschooling with mom and dad really, uh, I would say, is a last resort rather than the, the more socialized uh, online learning? Correct, or, or what's your thought? Um, well, you know, it it it, it, it all depends. I, I would say, in general, kids benefit from being around other kids and, and socializing. Sure. Um, and also, sure. some parents. Don't have the time to homeschool. They don't have the tools to homeschool, and they and they may or may not be very good at um, teaching. Like in in, to, in right. order to wow. teach, you have to be able to break things down into digestible increments, and there, there is a science to it. So um, I I do know some people who have been have have been successful with homeschooling, but there's a reason that not very many people do it. <laughs> Okay. All right. And not every kid. Yeah, not every kid wants to, their parent to be their teacher. A lot of par- kids want their parents mm-hmm. to be their parents, and they want to. You know, it's not every kid that will um, listen patiently to a parent as they're going through a math lesson. So it really depends on your situation uh-huh. and your child and and your capacity to be a teacher. Um, uh, but I, I think overall, kids enjoy school and um, and do benefit from the interaction. Now, um, I'm going to have have you put on your prognosticator's wizard hat, and mm-hmm. what do it's you on. see? It's on, Bart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you see coming up in uh, Baltimore and in the country? It is now March. We are now mid-March. People are getting vaccines about uh, in some states as high as 20%. Uh, where we have we all have high hopes we all but we also still have a high disease rate what do you see when will we begin to open up classrooms and come out the other side of, in baltimore or across the nation what's your thought well i think that uh schools are doing partial reopenings now for the most part like most schools have some kind of hybrid or a lot of kids are still at home but some kids are in schools I think in the fall there'll be more kids in schools. I don't think it'll be back to normal. I think we'll probably still still have to wrap our heads around um, a hybrid, which means some of the kids at home, some of the kids at school, and and uh, kind of ease into um, a, a more normal, or full capacity when 
COVID is really gone, and we're not getting uh, like no. Maryland alone has a thousand cases a day. It's that's that's not over. You know, we're still yeah, we're yeah, still right. getting very sick. So so it's not over. But um, my my fear, I have I have a fear and a, and a hope, and uh, a fear is that we really lose efficiency when when we're doing mm-hmm. hybrid or the you know teachers are teaching kids yeah. at home and in the, we we it's hard to be efficient and teaching time is precious so so my fear has right, to do around right. how, you know how much uh how much content are we actually going to be able to teach and uh, until we get back to normal um so that's my fear and my hope is that um we don't we 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 don't drop all of the good things that happened in covid like how do we keep teaching our kids at a very young age, to to um, to be good on devices and to know how to navigate Google yeah. Classroom and and how to you know make colorful, attractive assignments. So so how do we get back to normal, but also keep the good things that happened because of COVID? That's that's a very good point. And uh, you did say that that it's that uh, you can't. It's difficult to teach as much. But I would also add to that is that it's as difficult. Uh, it's equally difficult to learn as much in this uh, situation. Also, um, I, I just Laura, if, if uh, I wanted to learn more about the Baltimore Curriculum Projects and the, the many fabulous things you're doing, and perhaps I want to lend my support, or I want to learn about some of the innovative methods that you're employing, how could we get in touch with you? Well, there's, there's, I'll give you three ways. Uh, first of all, there's okay. our, our website, which is www.baltimore.com. C as as in curriculum, P as in project. dot org. So baltimorecp.org. There's also a phone number. You can just call, and if you don't get a live person, you can because um, we are still partly remote during this time. You just leave a message, and, and your your call will be answered. And then you can always email me directly. My email address is L as in Laura, and then D as in David. O H E R T Y. Laura Doherty, a good Irish name, at BaltimoreCP.org. Okay. And they can find that phone number on the website? They sure can. And um, uh, there's, you know, if you if you have some money burning a hole in the pocket, there's a donate button right there on the website, easy easy Ooh, to do. Oh, excellent. Um, yeah. And, um, uh Yes. So you're telling me that everybody who cares about the future of the country and their children should probably donate to this, right? That's exactly what I'm telling you, Bart, and you said it way better, (laughs) but yes. Well, folks, uh, I mean that we we joke, but I, that is a very serious. There is no better investment you can make. Uh, so, Laura, this has been that I I have learned so much and gained so much just just from listening to you, and uh, it's uh, I can see why uh, your system works, and um, I also am uh, thank you so much for giving us the great hope that you have in uh where a lot of people are are moaning and groaning and and you are you're not only finding solutions but you have an uh, you have an optimism and a justifiable optimism and I thank you for that. Well, it it's my pleasure and I I have um, a daughter who's a senior in college and she wants to be a teacher and I could not be happier. Oh, that I think it's the best wonderful. way to spend your life um there is. It's so important. It is fun. Well, if you're good at it, it's fun. If you're not good at it, then you need yeah. to get good at it. But if you're good at it, my goodness, it's just full of joy, and um, and I couldn't uh-huh. be happier for her. 
That's wonderful. Well, Laura, we were going to have to have you back again after you've got this next school all mm-hmm. whipped into shape and turned around. And, and when things start opening up, uh, I'd like to seduce you back onto the show again to uh, to tell us, uh, to give us some more more tips and and uh, go going things as as we as we as we begin to come out the other side. So I hope that you'll be. Wonderful. Would you be able to to come back and join us again? Of course, I would be delighted to. Okay. Well, thank you very much. This has been great. We've really enjoyed having you. It's been my pleasure, Bart. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. And so now as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leading you with leaving you with today's business quotation, and that is, who was it who said, nobody is as powerful as we make them out to be? And as a hint, this daughter of a Georgia sharecropper, uh, who is a writer, poet, storyteller, and social activist, she won the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction by penning The Color Purple. Remember, if you know the uh, name of that author, uh, that quote, just scribble that right down, send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely life-changing gift from the career, uh, I'm sorry, from the Dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, if I can tear down one wall, may it be that belief wall that separates doing something which benefits you versus something which benefits others. There is no more misbelief that is ruinous to any vision or venture. And to you gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed the art of the CEO as much as Laura and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this and all of our shows by visiting theartofceo.com. And finally, to you who have honored us with your time, may I say as always, it, it has been a privilege, and I thank you. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.